Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I'm your host and hopefully this sounds a little bit better than it did last week. I apologize. I did not account for the fact that we pulled, you know, 90% of the clothes out of our bedroom and uh, the bare walls. So behind our bedroom uh, closet, if you don't know, I record this in my uh, closet. So uh, what I have in one little section of my closet is like maybe, let's see, one, two, three, four, four sets of 10 inch, 10 inch uh, sound dampening. And then what I was using for the rest of the sound dampening in this room was, um, sorry, I keep hitting the mic with my headphones, was close and it sounded really good in here. And then my wife and I took out, you know, I would say 90% of the stuff that was in here, keeping the sound dampening down, and then it sounded bizarre. And I'm not 100% sure that it sounds great now, to be honest with you, but on my test records, it did sound better. So, this is going to be, there's a lot to talk about today. I mean, a lot, honestly. The first thing is, um, we're just going to go down uh, the the sabotage. I was going to play the Beastie Boys sabotage, but I'm sure every Tesla podcast is going to do that, so I'm not going to. Uh, but we're going to talk about the the recent uh, sabotage claims slash whistleblower claims, depending on which side you're on. And um, we'll kind of go down that. We're not going to do, this is kind of a special show because it's going to be, it took a long time. Uh, I started uh, the prep for this show at uh, 3.30? And it's 9.14 now when I'm recording. Now in there, I gave my kids, you know, cooked them dinner, put them to bed, you know, that kind of stuff. So it wasn't a whole lot of, it was an entire six hours, but it was a lengthy time researching this story. And I hope you like it. But let's get to the things that I like, because there are some cool things that I like. Let me open my iPad. I actually charged my iPad this time, because I'm, you know, somewhat prepared. Okay. So let's pull up uh, the things that I like. First thing, uh, talking Tesla's back. Uh, in my opinion, this is uh, my favorite Tesla podcast. I mean, mine is up there because that's self-serving, but honestly, my favorite podcast to listen to, I only listen to mine because I have to. Um, that sounds bad. I mean, 
I'm doing it. So listening back to it, I'm only listening back to make sure, A, to correct when I sound like an adult and uh, try and get better at it, and B, to make sure there's no huge sound issues. Uh, anyway, please listen to my show. Um, I feel awkward. Anyway, Talking Tesla's back. It's my favorite uh, podcast uh, about Tesla to listen to. It's really great. And it looks sounds like they're going to be doing uh, seasons instead of their regular um, show. It's going to be twice a month, I think, uh, because doing it once a week is hard. And I will attest to that. Doing it once a week is hard. I don't have any idea how people do a daily podcast because it takes on their part-time. Like if it's your full-time job, I kind of get that. But part-time, it takes a lot to prep for podcasts. Um, one of the things I learned is somebody took their name and just put an S at the end. So they created a podcast called Talking Teslas, which is, you know, irritating. And I share their irritation because somebody took kilowatt and just added hour at the end of it for their podcast, kilowatt hour instead of kilowatt, which kind of makes me feel like, I mean, I would not go so far as to say this show is hugely popular, but it feels like they're just kind of jumping off my name to get listeners. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I worked really hard to find a name that wasn't taken or anywhere close to taken and didn't have Tesla in the name. So whoever's doing kilowatt hour would just work a little harder. They've only released one episode, so I guess I can't really complain too much. Um, I would like to thank everybody who's a Patreon supporter. And... Moving on here, so let's let's start at the beginning with this um, sabotage talk. All right, I think my mic's a little hot, so I'm going to turn it down just a skosh. Maybe, hopefully, that would be a little bit better for the listeners, and you don't have to listen to me breathing so much. Anyway, so let's t- let's start at the beginning. There was a Business Insider UK article by Lynette Lopez. And they got their hands on an inter- some internal Tesla documents. And as you could probably imagine, there was some negative insights that they uh, posted. First up, uh, there was a, the, it highlighted a huge amount of waste at the Gigafactory for the Model 3 in Sparks, Nevada. Uh, the waste may have been upwards of $150 million dollars. Uh, which is, they say, 40% of the raw material used to produce the batteries is wasted. The batteries and powertrains at the Gigafactory. Uh, Tesla says that $150 million is an overstatement, and that's not quite true. Um, but, you know, as Tesla builds their vehicles and they figure things out, they are going to have a lot of waste, but they will um, scrap that right that uh, waste and they'll get you know money back from recycling they'll reuse it in some parts and then they'll responsibly dispose of of others stuff so um it's probably higher than most auto manufacturers because they're still figuring this out and elon and tesla hasn't been they haven't hid how much their um how much how uh their problems i mean maybe they hid some of the details or a lot of the details but they're they're being pretty forthright and saying, yeah, there's a lot of problems with production, and especially we know that Elon was camping on the top of the Gigafactory for a while with some other uh, Tesla execs, execs to get this corrected. Um, Tesla says, as is 
excuse me, as is expected with any new manufacturing process, we had high scrap rates earlier in the Model 3 ramp. This is something we planned on and is normal, is a normal part of production, Tesla said in a statement to Business Insider. And uh, let's see, they said they explained that Model 3 margins would increase and costs would fall and the scrap would go down. And they've decreased scrap uh, almost 60% since January uh, by improving the manufacturing process. And uh, they only want to ensure the highest quality parts go into their cars. And this is the reason why Tesla satisfaction scores for the Model 3 is at an all-time high of 93%. Sounds like corporate speak, honestly. I mean, all of it could be true. I don't think they could lie. Um, But it does sound like just kind of like a an acknowledgement without acknowledging and uh, waving your hand over here. Uh, According to this article, Tesla cut out key parts of production, like ensuring car parts are traceable. And this is really important just in case something goes wrong, notifying those who um, have a bad part and getting the recalls done. That's really difficult. Don't know if that's true or not, but it is. Um, The article just also goes in to say that shipping battery packs uh, with a plastic clamshell. Some of those clamshells were punctured uh, with by robots, and the clamshells uh, were used in vehicles. They also said that battery cells were punctured. Now, if that was the case, I really don't think that if the battery cells punctured, they're going to use that in a uh, production car. That doesn't make any sense because that just opens it up to huge liability. But it does make sense during manufacturing that some of these pieces got... Uh, damaged and if there's something that could be fixed with the plastic um, and the rest of the car was or the rest of the battery pack was in good position in good uh, condition why why wouldn't you just fix it that does that makes sense um, internal documents show that parts were put on the vehicles even though they were allegedly damaged Tesla wouldn't confirm or deny this they just said they wouldn't use any parts that were unsafe um, the rest of the story is mostly about scrap and storage of scrap. Uh, mostly he said, Tesla said kind of stuff. Uh, and honestly, like I said, I'm not surprised. Uh, Tesla's been open about its failures and its failure rates for the batteries. Um, and as we talked about last week, Tesla, they skipped a bunch of steps. I think it was last week, maybe it was the week before. They skipped a bunch of steps and now they're paying for it. Um, they probably should have... Um, they probably should have, you know, did a further, they should have done further testing before going right into production, should have delayed a couple of months to get the, to get it right. So here's a letter that goes out after this article from Elon, an email to his employees, to everybody. Now I'm reading from the email. Subject, some concerning news, June 17th, 2018, 11.57 p.m. Now, let's just go, and I'm not bashing on Elon or anything, but over the past couple of weeks, his tweets have seemed erratic, almost a little bit Donald Trump-like. He's calling out the news media for um, not telling the truth, and um, whether that's true or not true, um, it's not a good look, if I'm being honest. But one of the things that we love about Elon is that he is out there in the open. Let me fix my mic here. He's out there in the open, and uh, 
He's he's not very private for sure. Everybody knows what he's thinking. Um, so anyway, here's what he says. I was dismayed to learn this weekend about a Tesla employee who had conducted quite extensive and damaging sabotage to our operations. This included making direct code changes to Tesla manufacturing operating system under false usernames and exporting large amounts of data of highly sensitive Tesla, excuse me, exporting large amounts of highly sensitive Tesla data to unknown third parties. The full extent of his actions are not yet clear, but what he has admitted to so far is pretty bad. His stated motivation is that he wanted a promotion that he did not receive in light of these actions, and not promoting him was definitely the right move. However, there may be considerable more to the situation than meets the eye, so investigating will continue. Investigation will continue in depth this week. We need to figure out if he was acting alone or with others at Tesla, alone or with others at Tesla, and if he was working with any outside organizations. So, when I read outside organizations, I was pretty sure he's going to bring up the UAW and unions, but he didn't. Um, he says, as you know, there's a long list of organizations that want Tesla to die. These include Wall Street short sellers. I still don't understand quite how short selling works. Who have already used, who have already lost billions and stand to lose a lot more. Then there are oil and gas companies, the wealthiest industry in the world. They don't love the idea that a Tesla that Tesla is advancing the progress of solar and electric cars. Uh, don't want to blow your mind, but the rumor has it that those companies are sometimes not super nice. There are multiple multitude of big gas diesel car companies. Uh, read competitors. If they're willing to cheat so much about emissions, if they're willing to cheat so much about emissions, maybe they're willing to cheat in other ways. And I read this as, you know, maybe Volkswagen. Most And because Volkswagen has gas and diesel, and they cheated on their emissions. Most of the time, uh, when there are there is theft of goods, leaking of confidential information, dereliction of duty, or outright sabotage, the only real reason, the only, the, the reason... Sabotage. The reason really is something simple, like they wanted to get back at someone within the company or at the company as a whole. Occasionally, it's more serious. Uh, He then says, uh, please be extremely uh, vigilant, particularly over the next few weeks as we ramp up the production rate to 5,000 a week, referring to the Model 3. This is when outside uh, forces have the strongest motivation to stop us. Seems a little conspiracy theory there, if I'm being honest. If you know or respect anything suspicious, please send me a note. Emails removed with as much information as possible. This can be done with your name, which will be kept uh, confidential or completely anonymous. I don't know how you would email someone within Tesla's um, internal email service and be anonymous. But uh, looking forward to having a great week. 5,000 cars, blah, 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 blah. So that's what happened after. So let's talk about the sabotage part. And these stories are kind of an amalgamation of, uh, we have three different sections. We have the, I think we have four actually. We have the sabotage section, the saboteur section, which gives more information on the person himself, the whistleblower section, and then just some information on whistleblowing at the end to wrap it all up. So let's talk about the sabotage section. This is an amalgamation of articles between The Verge, uh, Jacob Kastern- Kasternik's, uh, Clean Technica's uh, 
Kyle Field, Fred Lambert from Electric, Simon Alvarez from Tesserati, and The Verge. Uh, again, uh, I think I put that in there twice. So let's see. We already know that July 17th, Elon emailed this out. So here are the allegations. First of all, uh, the one allegation is they changed code to the Tesla manufacturing operating system using false usernames, which caused problems with production. Uh, let's see. If you don't know what this is, the, te the operating system would be like Linux, uh, Mac OS, which is, would be on your Apple Mac computers or Windows. It's an operating system. It controls the equipment and it controls the computer on the on the floor plant. Um, it's kind of like just kind of like the 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 overall hive mind, I guess, of the manufacturing system. So, in order for somebody to do that, that's not your average employee that's going to load code on this system. First of all, you have to have the permissions to to install something. I can't imagine that they give permissions to install anything on this to anybody. You have you really have to know how to how to do the code and and how to write it to change things inside of the operating system. So that's the first thing, as far as I know. I've never seen Tesla's operating system for manufacturing, so I might be completely wrong on this. Uh, but Tesla already knows who the employee is, and they've already questioned them. So some of this information may be true. Some of it may not be true. Uh, Tesla does want to know if other employees are working with this person, him, because it is a him. Uh, large amounts of data was sent to third-party companies, and we kind of already went through who those companies might be. This isn't unfounded. Uh, in 2016, an oil exec, and we talked about this if you've been listening since 2016, an oil, an oil exec sent out emails to Tesla executives uh, saying that he was Elon and uh, asking for uh, sensitive information. And, you know, they caught on pretty quick and knew that it was an oil executive, or they knew that it wasn't Elon because uh, the email address was stupid. Um, the Koch brothers, they've done smear campaigns against Tesla and solar, the solar and EV um, industries. But Elon claims that the employee's actions were uh, because he wasn't promoted. And maybe that's true, maybe it's not. Uh, the next day, Elon emailed out that there was a strange incident, which a small fire, um, I think this was in Fremont, Started on the production lines. There was no in injuries. Um, it stopped production for several hours, but no one was around. And then uh, there was no reason for it to start fire, according to the email. And then Elon quoted former Intel CEO Andy Grove, who's a really interesting guy, and you should look up his history because um, that's 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 a reason why we should let immigrants in this country. Anyway, uh, Elon quoted CEO. Intel CEO Andy Grove, who passed away recently, 2016, I think. Only paranoid survive. And that makes a lot of sense, um, especially if you know his history, Andy Grove's history. Okay, so that's what we know about Tesla's side. Oh, geez, of the sabotage. So let's talk about the saboteur. Um, again, this is a, a bunch of stories from The Verge, Andrew Hawkins, Autoblogs, Finn Gustafson, and Electric's Seth Weintraub. So Tesla filed a lawsuit against uh, former employee Martin Tripp 
he was a process technician. I'm not really sure what that ha- what they do, but they filed a lawsuit um, to sue him in Nevada court, uh, where the Gigafactory employee uh, worked is in Nevada, the Sparks location. And I say alleged because he hasn't been convicted of convicted of anything, and he denies these things, which we'll talk about uh, later. But the lawsuit says uh, that the let's see. I have a better. So this is from CNBC. Uh, The suit arises from misconduct of Martin Tripp, a former employee of Tesla, who who unlawfully hacked the company's confidential and trade secret information and transferred that information to third parties. Two, Tesla has only begun to understand the full scope of Tripp's illegal activity, but he has thus far admitted to writing software that hacked Tesla's manufacturing operating system, MOS, and to transferring several gigabytes of data, of Tesla data, to outside entities. This includes dozens of confidential photographs and a video of Tesla's manufacturing system. Beyond the the three, this is part three, beyond the misconduct to which Tripp admitted, he also wrote computer code to periodically export Tesla's data off its network and into the hands of third parties. His hacking software was operating on three separate computers of individuals at Tesla so that the data would be exported even after he left and so that those individuals would be falsely implicated in their as guilty parties. Number four, uh, Tripp also made false claims to the media about the information he stole. For example, Tripp claimed that the punctured battery cells had been used in certain Model 3 vehicles, even though no punctured cells were ever used in vehicles, batteries, or otherwise. Tripp also vastly exaggerated the true amount of the value of scrap material that Tesla generated during the manufacturing process and falsely claimed that Tesla was uh, delayed in bringing new manufacturing equipment online. So that's a lot. If we could just take this uh, a little bit at a time here. First, like I said, it is not easy to uh, write a program. It's not e- First, it's not easy to hack into, or it shouldn't be easy to hack into a system. So uh, he either had, in- he already had access or he legitimately hacked into it. And technically under the hacking laws, I think if you have access and you're using it for it's not its intended use that could guess technically be considered hacking. I don't know. Um, but let's talk about the point two. Um, that's where he hacked the, the information. Um, he wrote the code and put it on three separate computers. If this is true, um, his, this next part of the, the story where he claims he's a whistleblower. If that is in fact true, he is not a whistleblower. That is, um, kind of a crappy thing to do to other employees. I don't know if it's true or not, though. And then the false claims. We kind of already know about that. But according to Tesla, if you read this, that he admitted in writing of, for doing these things, and I don't know why Tesla would say that he admitted in writing that he did these things if um, he didn't, because in the next step, uh, he's going to um, deny all this stuff. So um, let's get to that part. Because the lawsuit is interesting, but it just kind of rehashes. So this is from the Washington Post, 
Drew Harwell, Simon Alvarez of Tesserati, Fred Lambert of Electric, and the Autoblog, Sven Gustafsson. So now Martin Tripp claims that he's a whistleblower and Tesla is singling him out. Uh, makes sense. Uh, saying that he's a whistleblower possibly gives him some protection. Um, he said he was alarmed by Tesla's practices and Elon Musk. He claims that he did not tamper, tamper with internal systems. He claims that he did not have any. Pa he doesn't have patience for coding, which I completely understand. I'm a huge fan of of programming, but I don't have the patience to do it myself. But I love listening to people talk about programming. It is my nerdy little secret. Uh, Trip says he wasn't disgruntled, and that's a generic excuse that Tesla's using. He he joined Tesla because he wanted to uh, help change the world, um, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. He also said, I could literally care less, which should have been couldn't care less, but let's move on because I don't want to be that guy. But that is, that's a terrible statement. I could literally care less. Um, he claims he spoke out because he saw some really scary things and he's being singled out for being a whistleblower, which we'll talk about that actually being singled out versus uh, solidarity later says he didn't hack into the system, and the data he was collecting was so severe, he had to go to the media with it. Now, it's unclear if he just went to the media, because he went to the um, UK Business Insider. And there's, there's a US Business Insider. Why didn't he go to them? Why didn't he go to a government agency? We don't know. We don't know how he got in contact with the reporter, or the journalist, we don't know if he contacted anybody from the government about this stuff, but you'd think if he was a real whistleblower, he would. So let's, you know, let's kind of see how this whole thing plays out, and it'll be interesting over the next couple of weeks. Um, let's see. Tesla is seeking a court order to search his computers, emails, online messages, and phone calls. And I'm going to be honest, I don't like it. I don't think companies should be allowed to do that. If a law was broken or a suspected law was broken, then they should have the police do that, and Tesla should not have access to that information as his former employer and as a company that is suing him. That is That seems dirty to me. I don't like that at all. So Tripp said that he left his previous job with a medical device company and moved his family to Nevada to work for Tesla, believing it was a golden opportunity I looked up to Tesla. I looked up to Elon. I looked up to Tesla. I was I was always drooling and about the Teslas and wanted to buy one. And I was living the mission to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. This is what he says. But he grew. Uh, this is from the article. Disillusioned after seeing the company's waste, unsustainable practices, and seeing how Elon was lying to investors about how many cars they were making. He added, I wanted to leave the world a better place for my son, and I felt like I was doing everything but that. He also said he did not share the information to hurt Tesla, but to shine a light. And this is kind of important here, uh, because we'll be talking about kind of this later. To shine a light on potential dangers, he said now he now believes that Musk is a narcissist who only cares about himself. That might be partially true, but aren't we all, honestly? There are more times that I care about myself than other people. And I feel I, I really honestly um, consider myself to be a very caring person. But if I'm really tired or if I'm really super stressed out, 
I my caring gets less and less until I can uh, regenerate. It's just it's just hard for me to do. It's not because I'm trying to be a jerk. It's just I'm trying to survive. And it if you think about Elon, and I'm not making excuses for the guy because that would be terrible and irresponsible of me to make excuses for a billionaire who I don't even know. But if you look at it from his point of view or from where he's sitting, the guy is under a tremendous amount of stress. I would think that he's under a tremendous amount of stress. If he's not, it kind of seems like um, he might really be a narcissist. So some of his actions of calling out the press or um, we'll talk about some emails that uh, exchanged between Trip and Elon. That would kind of make sense that uh, he's he's stressed and he's just engaging in these things because he's at his, his end, um, but who knows. Let's see here. Um, kind of to add a twist, this is more alleged stuff. A friend of Martin Tripp notified Tesla that Tripp was going to uh, the Gigafactory to quote-unquote shoot the place up, which, of course, got the Surrey County Sheriff's Office involved, who said uh, after a while, they said this is not a credible threat, but there is an ongoing investigation. Tesla is increasing security at the Gigafactory. Oh, I just did something here. What did I do? Um, Hold on just a second, sorry. Yes, so Tesla's increasing security at the Gigafactory, um, but Tripp says that he never made the threat. But Elon told The Guardian that Tripp sent him a threatening email. So it just goes on and on like this. Uh, Tesla is hiring an intrusion detection security engineer to combat sabotage of this type. I can't believe that they don't already have a team, like a whole team doing this. Um, the layoffs we were talking about last week, they may have a limited connection to the story because the severance paperwork may make it difficult for former employees to bring issues to light and be whistleblowers. So this is what Bloomberg's reporting. Um, a proposed severance agreement required the recipient to acknowledge that he or she had the opportunity to raise any safety concerns, safety complaints, or whistleblower activities against the company and if any safety concerns, safety complaints, or whistleblower activities were raised during employment, they were addressed to your satisfaction. In addition, the agreement would bar the former employee from sharing business-related information, require the person to help Tesla defend itself against claims. That seems a lot, like a lot. Uh, release any of the employee's uh, claims made against the company and stipulates that any disputes under the agreement would go to arbitration. Uh, labor experts say this language will unlikely discourage workers from coming forward. So, on to the last part, just a little bit of information about whistleblowers. Um, in general, I didn't know a lot about this. Uh, honestly, um, you know, kind of whistleblowers are kind of seen as snitches. So it's kind of hard to... Uh, it's not hard. It was... a. Uh, it was a a lot of learning on my process to find or my side to find out what exactly a whistleblower was. And I'm gonna read those email Elon emails between Trip and Elon, just some highlights here in a little bit. But honestly, the whistleblowers it was um, trying to find information on the law and things like that. Uh, it's all kind of very confusing. Um, what qualifies you as a whistleblower versus somebody that's just complaining? Uh, 
but there's a whole group of folks that uh, figure out if you're a legit whistleblower or if you're somebody who's uh, seeking asylum, as it were. But if I get some of this information wrong, please email me, uh, Bodie at 918digital.com. I'd be happy to correct myself. But I saw a TEDx talk by Tom Devine, who is part of the Government Accountability Project, and it was actually really informative. So one of the things that he says, to start off, just to give a little bit of history, July 30th, 1778, the Continental Congress passes the first whistleblower protection laws. And July 30th from there on is National Whistleblower Day. Uh, that's that's insane. I had I thought that whistleblowing was something that was kind of a recent phenomenon, but no, 1778. That's insane. And uh, at the time, I guess only one country had whistleblower laws, and that was us. And it's kind of slowly gone around to the the rest of the world, which is uh, good to expose corruption. That's that's always uh, good in public harm. But who are whistleblowers? Uh, there are people who use freedom of speech to challenge abuses of power that betray the public trust. Um, isolated, like if there is just one whistleblower and nobody supporting him or her, it's basically professional suicide. But if there's solidarity, and solidarity between like employees, the public, other agencies, that helps them defend against retaliation. Um, and they need to build, like it builds a support net around them to kind of protect them, to insulate them. And uh, in recent years, since 2000, the Supreme, uh, any whistleblowing uh, case that's gone to the Supreme Court has uh, backed the whistleblower. The Supreme Court has backed the whistleblower, not the company. Uh, but solidarity is needed to protect them from the law. Like that's that's really what... Uh, that what well, that's really what keeps them, uh, I guess, safe from um, sounding like a crazy person. So it's an anti-corruption law. Uh, it's freedom, according to uh, Tom Devine. It's freedom of speech when it matters the most. Um, it's the freedom to protest. It's the freedom to warn and prevent avoidable disasters. Uh, you can't correct problems unless somebody comes forward and brings these issues to light, which uh, we kind of talked about bringing things to light earlier. And why be a whistleblower? Because it's not easy. Uh, he uses this uh, quote, and I can't remember who it's from, but committing, uh, basically in terms of whistleblowing, is you're committing the truth because you're treated like uh, treated like you committed a crime. So uh, you come forward and you're instantly uh, said to be a a liar. Um, you know, those in power want to stay in power. And the only way for them to stay in power is for you to look like you're not credible. So power abusers, they want to cover it up. So they continue to abuse power. And they don't want to get caught anyway. So uh, that was a really interesting. I'll put the link in the show notes, TEDx Talk. Um, in terms of how I understand this to work, you have federal whistle, whistleblower laws, which uh, protect federal employees. And I don't know if that's in all departments um, or all governmental agencies or only just certain ones. And then you have state 
whistleblower laws, which I guess all 50 states have these laws, and they're, they vary. But they're public, uh, they protect public and private employees. So um, it seems like the public employees get the best protection, but uh, according to what I found, Nevada law protects both public and private sector employees from retaliation for whistleblowing. Public employees who prevail in a whistleblowing lawsuit may be reinstated in their former job and paid back pay and benefits. And or paid back pay and benefits. It, but it doesn't say anything about uh, public or private employees. And who knows, that might be... Um, there, there's probably a lot more to that that I don't quite understand, but we're already at 35 minutes. So, um, and it took me a long, long time to research all that. So I hope it was informative. Again, I'm not making any judgments here, uh, because I honestly don't know where the truth lies. I do know, um, that in a lot of cases, uh, whoever's megaphone is bigger, they tend to be the one everybody thinks is telling the truth. And that's not always the case. So we'll kind of see as things play out. But if this guy really did install um, malicious software on three other people's computers so that they would um, they would take the fall and, and be blamed, that is despicable and disgusting behavior. Um, as far as Tesla's side of things, like I think they've been fairly open and honest about how... Um, Model 3 production is going, and it, you know, hasn't been going fantastic. So, you know, maybe or maybe not. Um, there's some other safety issues, and, of course, safety issues need to be come to light. So I don't even know what to think, if I'm being honest. Like, there's just, there's not enough information to really form an opinion. It's just, but there's just enough information to, to make it salacious and interesting. So we'll see. We'll see how the next couple of weeks play out. So if you want to email me, and thank you for listening. We have lots of new listeners, and I appreciate everybody who's listened, who's coming from uh, longtime listeners to who just got here and, and they're um, finding the show for the first time. I really appreciate it. Um, it's kind of a labor of love for me. So if you want to email me, it's Bodie at 918digital.com. I love hearing from you. Um, I probably get three or four emails a month, or not a month, a week, uh, from different people in the community, and I always try to answer back within a couple hours, so uh, feel free to email me, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Sometimes we just talk about uh, their cars, so or their wh- what kind of car they would like to get, or whatever. It's just, I don't know, it's always interesting, and I always enjoy it. You can follow me on Twitter at 918 918- digital i do have a facebook account which is uh facebook.com forward slash i think kilowatt podcast i don't post on it very much i don't enjoy facebook i don't enjoy twitter that much either but they're up there hopefully i'll have a website someday uh just i'm too busy to put one together that is going to be decent that i would like to read myself but it's in the plans and that's it. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Um means a lot. We're back on schedule. It's Friday. We'll see what, you know, next week brings. But this week, we're releasing on Friday. I hope you all have a wonderful week. And uh, I hope you're having a happy summer. Okay, I forgot. I apologize. 
I was going to read these emails. So these are from between Martin Tripp and Elon, which is weird that they are exchanging emails at all. But here's Martin Tripp. Don't worry. You have what's coming to you for the lies that you have told to the public and investors. And here's what Elon says back. Threatening me only makes it worse for you. So let's see. Uh, and it goes on. Trip replies back to that. I never made a threat. I th simply told you that you have what's coming. Thank you for this gift. Elon. You should be ashamed of yourself for framing other people. You're a horrible human being. Trip. I never framed anyone or even insinuated anyone else in being involved in my production of documents of your millions of dollars of waste, millions of dollars of waste is capitalized, all caps, safety concerns, lying to investors and uh, investors, the world, also all caps, putting cars on the road with safety issues and being a horrible, uh, is being a horrible human being. Huh. Uh, Musk says, there are literally, I'm going to guess zero injuries with the Model 3. It is the by far the safest car in the world for any mid-sized vehicle. And of course, a company with billions of dollars in product is going to have millions of dollars of scrap. That's not news. However, betraying your word of honor, breaking the deal you had when Tesla gave you a job, and framing your colleagues are all wrong. And some come with legal penalties. So it goes, be well. And... Uh, That's that's where we're at. So pretty interesting little little exchange. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> uh, anyway, I hope everybody has a great week, and uh, I hope uh, I, I if you're a new listener, I have no idea how to end this podcast. I haven't for the last ninety-seven episodes, ninety-six episodes, now ninety-seven. So have a great week. I hope you have a wonderful summer. Take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.